0: This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Daniel Humland. Thanks for being on the show, Daniel. Thank you, Whitney. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to have you on the show. It's been great to get to know you over the last, what, year and a half to two years and to see your success and you moving forward as well in this business. And Daniel is an engineer at Intel who started and runs the Real Estate Investment Education Club at Intel. He also owns a real estate investment firm named Alon Capital LLC, where he partners with people to purchase multifamily investment properties. Daniel is also the host of Win Multifamily Show, a show that focuses on learning to move from Wall Street to Main Street. Love that, so Daniel, thank you again. Give the listeners a little more about your background and getting into the syndication business and let 's jump in to this transition that you 're helping people with and and you got a whole podcast on it so i 'm looking forward forward to learning more myself
1: absolutely so um, as you said i'm I'm an engineer at Intel that has been my day job for you know twenty some years, but at somewhere along the line they they actually figured out that I was a software developer who could actually speak to people too. And so I I transitioned into the role of a teacher, and I've been with the developer relations group at Intel ever since. And that's actually parlayed quite well into the investment world as well, because I work with investors on syndications like a lot of us in this space do. And it's a technical, complicated area. And so we really focus on trying to make it a clear avenue for people that have full-time jobs and to show them a clear way that they can get involved in getting their investments, you know, from Wall Street to Main Street.
0: Nice. I think it's it's a great resource when you can show people that. I think it's a, it's something in our industry that investors, uh, there's a, a blind spot there, right? When you've been second so in Wall Street or the stock market, you know, for forever, that's all you've been told your whole life. It's hard to believe that there's this option over here where you can just go and invest with somebody <laughs> in real estate. In the, so, you know, so let's dive into that a little bit, Daniel. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've especially done a podcast on it and now just in where you work as well, that you've been able to grow probably your knowledge base and, and your ability to help investors that are in that path or in that place. So get us started a little bit on helping us show somebody that clear way or maybe how you do it from, you know,
1: Wall Street to to Main Street. All right. You know, one of the first things that you need to do, of course, is have a clear vision yourself of what you're trying to do. And and I started back real estate has always kind of been in my family. I learned about real estate really from my grandparents, who my grandfather worked for International Harvester his entire career. And then it was only once he retired that he and my grandma decided to go in and purchase a 125 unit building together with their with their brother. And it was actually only once he retired that he started building actual generational wealth, which he left to my parents. And it was more than he had accumulated in his entire W-2. And I was 10 years old when this happened and watching the entire process. And so I've, I've, I've done some single-family home investing along the way. I, I rode the wave of 2008 in single-family homes. But I actually really got around to investing in syndications in two thousand. 17 or so, mostly listening to uh, Joe Fairless and to your podcast. So thank you very much for, for doing that. I learned a ton from just the past podcasts that you've done. And in doing that, I decided, hey, I need to figure out this real estate syndication business. And so I kind of looked at it in two different ways. I said, well, I can go find somebody who can be a mentor to me and to educate me. Or I can go educate myself with people that are already doing it. And so I, I actually chose that second route. I, I became a limited partner in a syndication down in Houston, Texas. It was a 56-unit syndication. Uh, it was called Sycamore Grove. It was uh, in Pasadena, Houston. And it turned out to be a pivotal point for me because when I invested with them, I asked them for all of the paperwork. I asked them for the legal work, the insurance, the underwriting, the, the, the all the papers that were associated with the rent roll and T12s. And I went through the whole thing and just really made sure I understood what was going on. And I did a lot of emailing with them, just back and forth, great, pleasant conversation. I started doing some small tasks for them to help them in their business. And eventually, I guess they appreciated it enough that uh, they invited me to be a co-GP on one of their deals, or two of their deals, actually. And so I did my first co-GP in Houston, Texas as well, 122 unit. And then a, a second one, I'm involved in raising capital and asset management on both of these. The second one was 196 units. And these were great experiences. I was part of the key principal package there. So I also got my Fannie Mae card doing that. And then I decided, hey, I've got to bring my business to the next level. And so I went out and I just started talking to other investors and i actually ended up joining i I interviewed a couple of different groups and i ended up joining the mark kenny think multifamily group so I'm, i'm part of that group as well and we are trying to align ourselves with people that are strong in this business in terms of boots on the ground in terms of relationships with brokers and loan officers and we're building our business from there
0: nice You know, the path that you took, you know, you you found somebody that was already doing it and you, you use that to help educate yourself by partnering with other operators, but ultimately by investing first, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something you recommend? If somebody can, uh, you know, before they're actually going to get into the syndication business and try to be a, a syndicator operator, do you, you know, do you usually advise, say, hey, you know, why don't you invest passively first uh, just to learn a little more about the industry or or not? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's definitely a progression, an educational progression. I recommend people listen to podcasts and read books first, to be honest. And then once once they have an understanding of the process, then they can venture out a little bit farther. And, and yeah, I, I recommend that they passively invest in somebody else's syndication. Somebody who has a track record, somebody whose track record you can dig into and investigate. Uh, in the case of this group, they had already done seven syndications before and they had a good track record, good returns. I could go through and investigate all of it. I ran a criminal background check on them just you know, just in case. <laughs> wow. But um, definitely go and investigate it and learn everything you can from passively and syndicating. And, and a lot of people will want to keep it there because... A lot of the people, for instance, at Intel that I work with, they have full time jobs and uh, they're very busy people and they are not specialists in real estate. They're specialists in engineering and marketing and HR. And so for a lot of people, you know, that's that's the sweet spot to be. But then some people like to get their hands a little dirty and they want to continue going on to an active manager route. And so for those people, we actually I love talking and working with those people as well. Awesome. Well, well, let's let's
0: talk about the the people who have been in Wall Street, you know, in in the stock market for most of their life. Those people that you're helping to really break that that mindset, right? That this is the only way. This is, you know, the way everybody's done it. You know, Uh, and and I just think there's you got to learn a little bit, right? And it's out, maybe outside of your comfort zone a little bit to, you know, to jump into a syndication, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I'd like to hear just how you've helped some people that have really uh, maybe only invested in the stock market to really open their eyes to this opportunity.
1: Sure. So the, one of the first things that I did was I realized at Intel that there is a stock investment club. There is a startup investment club, but there was no real estate club. So I immediately went to Intel HR and I said, I want to run the Real Estate Investment Education Club at Intel. And it's a club where there, there are no sales pitches whatsoever. It is purely educational. People come in, you know, they can talk about what they do in their business and leave their contact information afterwards so that others can contact them if they wish. But uh, it's, it's really opened my eyes to the spectrum of types of real estate investments that, that busy individuals like to do. Some of them are, a lot of them are interested in things like house hacking. And so we bring guests in on those topics. We bring guests on, on a mortgage note investment, on buying mobile home parks, on buying single family homes. It's a large amount of the uh, talks that we do there. So it's a generalized real estate group. And it's great to really get to know the, the people that are there and just to understand where they're coming from in their investment process. So I've been running that now for almost a year and we do weekly guests we bring in people every week to to speak at that group it's grown to a couple hundred people now and you were a guest there not too long ago as i recall we had a little over 300 people for that particular group yeah, but awesome. i was very thankful that you were there it was a great great group but i think sitting down and talking to people one on one is the best way to get to know them just hearing you know what their what their uh, issues are where they want to be in 3 years how they're going to get there and uh, understanding and helping them with their real estate. I recently actually just had a person come up and ask me to be a mentor to them at Intel in terms of real estate. And so I'm starting to put together a curricula for not, not, not something that's paid, just a one on one, you know, sitting down. and Let's talk about real estate and let's figure out what works for you type program. So it's, it's been an exciting journey and it's all about the people that are in that journey.
0: What's been some of the pushback that you've received from people to say, Oh, wait a minute, Daniel, you know, I've seen the stock market work for this many years, or as long as you keep investing, you know, I, how can I trust some operator over here? That's going to go, you know, blow all our money in,
1: in some real estate deal. Yeah. I mean, so I haven't got a lot of pushback in that area yet, to be honest, it's probably because, you know, to be honest, it probably just goes silent. It's the people that I don't hear from that are that are thinking like that. more. But we have had a lot of people that have said, you know, just what is the process and how do I know that I can trust these people? And once once you start bringing them through the process of explaining, hey, the SEC requires that we establish a relationship with you ahead of time. It requires that we be partners in this business, that we know your accreditation status and all the different things that the SEC requires Once that process is explained through and how a real estate syndication works, most people get it. And so I I really find that the, the obstacle is more one of education than anything else. Yeah. So
0: I guess elaborate then on on how you're going about educating some of these people or maybe some things as we're speaking to investors, we're speaking maybe even at a small event, you know, or something like that. What are some things that you're you're sure to highlight about the syndication business as you're speaking to, you know, these investors and, you know, just why they I know they're busy professionals.
1: Right. But why they should invest in real estate. Right. The number one thing. And, and I take a lot of these reasons from my own personal experience. And so the reason why I got into real estate is because as an engineer, I realized I could sit down and calculate out and look at someone's five year projection on a particular piece of property. And I couldn't do that with my stocks. And so I said, well, hey, if I want to build a plan where I can retire, then I need to start doing some projections so that I can actually understand where my money is and where it's going. And I I think that's a really powerful argument for talking about real estate in that you can talk about the projections and you can talk about why they're recession resistant, or why, you know, there might be exposure to a particular sector of the economy. You can tell the, the strengths and weaknesses of a particular real estate and real deal and talk about them in depth. And so just being able to go through and dissect that. And you would not believe some of the <laughs> engineers give you so many questions when you send out information about a syndication. I, I have sat down and literally written, you know, four four hour emails answering questions that people will come up with uh, about a particular deal that's gone through and all the numbers and how they work. And it's incredibly detailed. And so I I really enjoy real estate because you can go through and you have a knowledge about the resistance to financial circumstances, and you can make projections based off of it.
0: Yes. And I would imagine, I know when I'm talking to an engineer, it is a different conversation. (laughs) I mean, it just is, right? I mean, I've got some engineers in my family as well. And so I understand it's just different. And but numbers is something that most of them get very, I mean, to... A high degree. I mean, right? I mean, it's it's part of what you do. It's how you think, and and the way you've been trained, and and it's so much a part of your job, and and uh, and so numbers are so important in our business as well. So the the questions are so different. So maybe you can give us a couple of those questions that we could be prepared for. A couple of things that you know are going to be asked, no doubt, when we're you know speaking to people who are you know are engineers or have or or have been stuck in the stock market.
1: Oh, gosh. So I mean, one of the most common questions that I get are just questions about the financial projections and how they work. So that they'll start going through, you know, this is a year one projection, year two projection, year three projection. And how do you do the calculations here? Shouldn't it be this value instead of this value? And I say, Oh, no, you have to include economic vacancy. You know, you have to explain how all the numbers are calculated. I, I think a lot of of the um, a, a lot of what it takes to talk to an engineer is to first connect emotionally with them and understand that you know this is a business where you're going to be uh, investing in, in real estate rather than investing you know in a traditional avenue of investment. And then second of all, how does that all work? And then what are the protections for it? Uh, So uh, obviously, some of the common questions are some of the common questions that all real estate syndicators get, such as when can I get my money back? How do I know my investments protected? What are the returns look like? What are the different points that we get distributions? Who determines who gets gives the distribution and when they come? You know, so a lot of standard questions, but then just a lot of going through the numbers as well for the people that are within our group that do start to learn more about real estate syndication we also have a, a group that's external to intel called the win multifamily network and that's that's where i do my my podcast on and so we we try to do all of our business outside there keep the the intel side is purely educational and then if people come to me and they're interested you know we go talk over in this external group and it's a group that helps People from any company, not just Intel.
0: Are you about to start a podcast or producing a podcast and tired of doing the editing yourself? We have produced over 1,000 daily shows and the production team that I've created, they're now available to produce shows for you as well. We can do as little or as much as you need from finding and communicating with guests, preparing introductions to editing the audio and video. You will sound better, have a more professional presence, and be able to spend your time doing other valuable tasks on your business. Let me know you're interested by emailing me directly at Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. Our guest is Terry Hill. Thanks for being on the show, Terry.
2: Hey, Thanks for having me, Whitney. Look
0: forward to it. Terry is an active investor, trainer, and CEO of a private commercial real estate firm that provides acquisitions for all commercial property types and investment opportunities. The firm executes value-add strategies through direct and joint venture investments. Terry's commercial real estate training provides the techniques on how to find, pre-screen, evaluate, structure, and use negotiation tactics for repositioning and stabilizing commercial properties. And just getting to talk to Terry a little bit before the interview, it's a—it's incredible just to hear the length of experience and different types of, of real estate investing, commercial real estate that he has. So pleasure to have you on the show, Terry. Pleasure to get to meet you. Give the listeners a little more about who you are. And let's dive into the commercial real estate business a little bit.
2: Yes, yes. I love this stuff, Wade. Thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, I've heard uh, nothing but great things about your show. And now it's wonderful to be a part of it. And so I do have a 25 years experience moving forward and basically identifying properties that are ready for repositioning, meaning filling vacancies, raising rents, stabilizing. So we have a T12 going back to the market, trading it at market cap, selling these properties at top dollar at their highest and best use. And that was like a strategy I used for a long time once I got my niche down to a science. And then of course, if the deal's really good right? Location, location, location. And it's pulling in cash flow after debt service, depending on the structure we put together, getting creative. Then we we go ahead and hold those on our long-term portfolio. So primarily, at any point of of potential recessionary situation, we want recessionary-proof properties. So we focus on these value-add opportunities for self-storage and also multifamily. Some... RV parks, some mobile home parks. And those are basically the sectors that we look into. And I'll just give a little bit of background of how I started out. I think that's important for folks to know that I'm qualified to be both on your show and as a trainer, mentor, and being out there as a seasoned investor. So when I first started out in this business, what I started recognizing were opportunities to look at a certain formula that a lot of standard investors use, right, Whitney, which is the cap rate formula. And looking at that cap rate formula, I get out there and I look for property, dig around. This was even before the resource of the internet was available. So I was out there, you know, traveling, really pounding the pavement and doing an old school style. I hate to age myself (laughs) by saying that, but (laughs) but it's part of it. And so I recall one, one deal in particular where I'm out here in California, and I was in Florida, and it was right around Fourth of July, and it was so hot, a different type of heat. And I remember sitting there speaking with this gentleman about this opportunity. It was on John Young Parkway by the Millennium Mall. Maybe some of some of your listeners know it. And uh, and I was looking at this this project. Um, it was a ground up type of opportunity. I was just going to do acquisitions and secure the land. And then I would just sell it off to builders and developers. That was part of my strategy at the beginning of my career. And in that hot sun, it was so humid, almost fainted right there in front of this guy. He asked, he said, well, why'd you travel all the way out here? We could have just done business over the phone. And that was kind of like my aha moment into, okay, there's other ways to do business and more efficient ways. And by doing so, and just using, using the phone, right, and, and being able to smile and dial and connect with people and really honing in on the fact that i need to focus on reposition property where people have to sell not just want to sell and that's kind of how i entered into doing what i do today and uh, we move forward we tie up anywhere between a deal to three deals a week it's a massive amount of energy that goes into it i have my folks that are sitting just across me right here in my office even today doing acquisitions and basically throwing it against the wall see if it sticks make sense of it and if it looks good we go ahead and put our time and energy to take it to the next level. It's awesome. I
0: appreciate you elaborating too, just on your experience and what you all are up to now. And maybe you could, I wanted to back up just a little bit. You talked about like getting your niche down to a science and maybe you could just speak to the importance of that. Does that mean to you, you know, just finding one kind of asset class or obviously you talked about the reposition of properties, maybe you could highlight that a little bit. But, you know, how has that changed your business, just really finding your niche and and even getting it down to a science like you mentioned?
2: It's changed dramatically because before, like I was saying, we throw everything against the wall to see if it sticks you know, time is your most precious asset. So if you're out there and you're working with projects and you don't have really a laser focus and you're more so like doing that shotgun approach, just kind of sporadic and it's just going after all these different, as you mentioned, asset classes and and different locations. And it's kind of like being blindfolded with a handful of of darts being thrown at the map and you're all over the place. And and how can you justify a good opportunity and an investment of your time and energy and capital um, to, uh, to, to move on? So we've really toned it down. We started looking at certain markets that are appreciating. Um, we do look at crime reports, obviously. like All the basics that any, any investor that's been in the game just for a very short period of time would want to know. We want to know, are more U-Hauls coming in or more going out? We want to understand exactly, is there large master plan communities coming in? Is the place saturated? If you're dealing with self-storage, how many other facilities in the area are you the big fish, the small fish? All these, all these little things come into play as far as our, our metric of how we move forward. And then I really hone my skill set for myself and my team and uh, all my clients that are out there to use something um, that Whitney I call three prong approach. And you know, diving deep into really my niche, we're looking at dollar per door, We're looking at dollar per square foot, and we're looking at an income approach. And a lot of times we're looking at these repositioned properties so they don't qualify for bank financing because the books are so bad. Like there really is not a P&L. There's not a trailing 12 months. So, you know, if it if it comes down to it, like I literally just put this deal under contract uh, two weeks ago and I've been waiting for the P&L and for all, all of the uh, expenses and everything to come through and all the supportive info for my due diligence. And it came through on handwritten scan, you know, pieces of paper that were scanned in. (laughs) I hand it to my guy, Matt. I'm like, here, I'm trying to make sense of this one. And, uh, and so, you know, taking that time and energy, we need to understand that a lot of these deals, they don't have intelligent documentation. And so we're very patient with that. So we have to look at it as replacement value as if it fell to the ground, what would it cost to replace it? That's going to be our dollar per square foot or a dollar per door. And if there really isn't any deferred maintenance, or if there is deferred maintenance, we need to add that to our purchase price to know what our total skin in the game is going to be on our purchase. So once we kind of dial all that in, we look at an income approach, and this might sound crazy to some of your listeners, but we're buying property that is ready for repositioning, that is suffering, and we're buying it for 10 cap with terms. Like I have four deals right now, all four of these deals um, and I'm just talking specifically about these. They have 10-year seller finance notes, which is amazing. Nice. And they're all they're all low low, you know, a cash outlay. But they need they need the, where the capital goes is not so much into the repositioning of the property as far as the cosmetic and deferred maintenance. It's more so into plugging it through with either an e-commerce for self-storage or getting the right management for multifamily. And believe it or not, that takes some time. It takes some energy. So I'm not dishing a magic pill here. It takes time. And I'm sure your listeners that are out there being investors, they know that you have to pick and choose the right deals. And if you don't, then you could end up taking over a headache that can't be cured. So we're very careful in our niche with acquisitions.